only thing you can do wrong, literally, is not talking, so... Oh, cool. I can do that. I can talk for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just need a good fantasy to help me cope with this agony. Take me out of this moment and let the magic carry me. Because even when my heart aches and I'm not in the best shape, I can reach for well to give me an escape. Hello, Philorians! This is Catherine, your resident fan expert. And today we're not doing a typical episode because that's what I wanted to do. This is my podcast. Anyway, <laughs> um, today we are highlighting one of the fandom creators who just released an amazing new uh, album called Peaches and Plums. Everyone! in your house and while you're driving. Applause, Lauren Fairweather! Hello! <laughs> please now put your hands on the wheels. Yes. <laughs> Drive safely, please. <laughs> How are you today? I'm doing really well. I'm so excited to be here. I'm hanging out. I have a day off, which is exciting because I've had a very busy couple of days releasing this album and also working. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, apparently, uh, it's not everyone that can make it into fandom being your main income. God, I wish. Yeah, mine was for a long time, but uh, it was a combination of not making enough money and also being a little burnt out. So I mm -hmm. actually had decided to get a job so that I could have a paycheck and I could also create whatever I want to regardless of how much money it made me. It was really like exciting and freeing. And now I just, I create because I want to. It's really fun. Not because you have to. <laughs> right. Well, I didn't also didn't know how much of my audience would even get the references for this album. So I put it off for a long time thinking mm -hmm. I should probably do another Harry Potter album. I should probably write about a, maybe a combination of things so people wouldn't feel like I've completely abandoned into their fandom and now I'm at the point where I'm like you know what let's just do the thing I want to do which in this case one was a magician's album the whole thing yeah it, it was starting on my first question saying that you're rather known in the Harry Potter fandom a apparently we met each other and we didn't know in the leaky con last year <laughs> yeah I actually I saw you posting about it after the fact if you had posted about it before and I had seen it in time I probably would have sent you a message like we should meet up <laughs> But yeah, yeah, we were at the same Harry Potter convention last summer. <laughs> This is so weird. The idea of just leaving your house. Yes. Oh, Being in a wow. room with full of people. It's been a while. Is it where Harry Potter, is it where all the music and the craft project that you're known for, is it there where you started? Yeah, actually. Um, it kind of all started back in maybe 2005 when I started a wizard rock band with my best friend um, called mm -hmm. The Moaning Myrtles. So that's kind of my nice. earliest stuff that you can find. Um, but I was a teenager at the time, so it's it's pretty, it's, it's pretty far back there. But uh, eventually it got to the point where she and I were living many hours away from each other and we had kind of we were growing up getting jobs, uh, having different things that we wanted out of our lives. So we kind of put a pause on that and I started releasing music as Lauren Fairweather. And at that point, I also took the opportunity, first of all, to write 
songs from other characters' perspectives because we yes. just wrote from Moaning Myrtle's perspective for so long. And there's not a lot of Moaning Myrtle in the Harry Potter books, unfortunately. She's, um, you know, she appears like every other book for a very brief moment and then is gone. So we yeah, were like, running out of ideas. Let too. me do the advance. Okay, bye. <laughs> right. And so it was kind of freeing to have just put it under my own name. I considered choosing a different character and I was like, you know what? This is not only going to free me up to writing songs about more Harry Potter character perspectives, but also free me up to write songs about whatever I wanted. And so that was very exciting. My first couple albums have like a variety. There's a song about Firefly. There's some songs that I call them muggle songs in quotes, (laughs) Um, just normal music that doesn't reference anything nerdy. It's just pretty. Aww. <laughs> um, and what pushed you into go doing a magician album? You were saying that uh, that's because that's what you wanted, basically. But when we go on your website, it's Harry Potter only music. That's why I was wondering. Yeah. So um, I've been a fan of the magicians since maybe season two. I did know about the books before then, um, but I hadn't read them. Actually, I learned about them because Lev Grossman had gone to several leaky cons. And um, <laughs> what a nerd. Yeah. Right. I met him. A, I think I met him at least once, um, just kind of in passing. But we, um, they, there was one year where his publisher put a booklet for the first chapter that just was the first chapter of the first magician's book in a LeakyCon goodie bag. And so I, that was the first I had heard of it. It wasn't even out yet. I know. I feel like I probably threw it out, but I wish I still had it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, so I back then kind of knew him through all of the convention circuit. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I, I had that in my mind, became a really big fan of the show, eventually read the books as well. Now I love both of them. Um, And so especially I think, maybe halfway through season four, that was when I got really excited to kind of jump online and learn more about the Magician's fandom and get more involved with it. And for whatever reason, after being so active in a fa- in one fandom, the Harry Potter fandom for mm-hmm. so long, I was just nervous to jump into a new one and where no one know- knew me. And so I just kind of lurked for maybe a year, didn't post anything about it, didn't say anything about it, um, just kind of watched from the sidelines, like, look at you guys go, you're doing so great. Look at all this good fan fiction and fan art and amazing <laughs> podcasts. And and then at some point, um, probably last year, last year, I started writing Braver. That's the f- song that I wrote first. And um, as soon as season four ended, I just was going through a lot. <laughs> and, I think everyone was. Yeah. So I that was how I coped with that, um, was writing Braver. And um, I wrote the next one earlier this year in March, and I thought, okay, cool. I got like I got two songs. That's really exciting, and released them both in time for um, the season, like the whole series to end when we found mm-hmm. it had gotten canceled. And hadn't at that point really decided that I wanted to do a full album. I was just like, oh, I'll do a couple songs. I really just I want to make things for this fandom now. Um, and so I started Yay, as someone that makes things for the fandom. Yeah. Um, and that's I mean that's kind of always been my approach to fandom is feeling really shy and feeling like I can't jump in until I have something to offer, and then I just walk up like, here, have this song. Please love me. I made this for you. That's the thing that a lot of people approach me because I became kind of a big name in the fandom by accident because I just post about it a lot um <laughs> and I created the list that you shared with all the trigger warning and that's what got me known and and um a lot of people say like how oh, I just want to join the fandom what do I do and I'm like J-j-j- just post about it and be nice 
Yeah. That's all you want. <laughs> I mean, especially for me, I started just following people who posted about it a lot because I wanted to read about it a lot. And so mm. that's, you know, that is kind of where I started was just following people who were talking about it. And so that's, it makes a lot of sense. The more you, the more you post about it, the more people will want to hear what yeah. you have to say. And yeah. It's funny that I, you enter my radar with your uh, mosaic uh, animal crossing pattern. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I discovered you. <laughs> that was one of the first things that I did for the fandom. I well, I wanted it for myself, and I was just like, I need yeah. to, I need to make a mosaic for my Animal Crossing island. And then I thought, okay, I don't even know how to share codes on this yet, but I'm gonna have to figure it out because it used to be QR codes, and yeah. then they changed it for this one. So I was like, yeah. I'm not in the point in the game where they will let me share anything yet. You didn't but I have the little sister, right? Exactly. And so um, I, I made it. I posted a picture, and I was just like. Don't worry. At some point, I will share. <laughs> you can have this at some point. And everyone um, was like, "What the fuck? Wow!" <laughs> yeah. Well, people started sending me pictures of what it looks like on their game, and it's so cute. And yeah, so I, I just kind of have been making little things here and there, and just kind of putting them out there. And at some point, it just like I started talking to people just naturally, just replying to whatever they were doing and interacting mm -hmm. with more folks and making friends. And so that, yeah, I'm, I'm in it now and I love it. And it's so nice to talk to people about the magicians who've actually seen it because for the longest time, I just kind of screamed about it at people who had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah, that's what is hard. Like when you say, oh, I'm doing the magician and they're like, okay. Like I cosplayed Fen in a, Uh, New York Comic Con and with my husband who was Elliot and everyone was like who the fuck are you <laughs> <laughs> are you some kind of princess <laughs> is it from it's from a show he has a crown you have a bunny okay it's <laughs> the, the scene where she learns she's pregnant Anyway, uh, nobody but like four people knew who I was. Aww. It's, it's okay because kind of... I love those four people. Yeah, you know, it's been really interesting, especially coming from Harry Potter, which is just an enormous fandom, yeah. to the point where I, you know, released Harry Potter themed music for 10 years and people, st I still encounter people who haven't at all heard of Wizard Rock. It's just kind of, it hasn't completely reached all areas of the fandom yet because it's so big. And then you get to the Magicians fandom where everybody kind of knows everybody and it's nice and small and the actors and the creators are still interacting with the fandom, which doesn't happen a lot in Harry Potter. No. That's been kind of Well, it's a good thing J.K. Rowling is not interacting. Let's not go there. But she's the plover of, of her. <laughs> she's plover. Uh, I, yep. I, I, I once, like, I was grieving J.K. Rowling and my husband said, like, now you know what you feel about plover and it kind of bring me peace now because i think of him like plover to be honest i started writing a song about that um a song that could apply to both plover and jk rowling um it, it totally it. did not fit with the album so i decided to put it off for a minute but at some point i will have that um uh, I'd be yeah. the first to listen, believe me. Yeah, well, actually, a lot of another reason why I decided to do the whole Magicians album was that I just needed to work on something that wasn't Harry Potter for a mm -hmm. little while. And yeah. um, I mean, I would be the first to say that J.K. Rowling really has nothing to do with the fandom. She's not involved with yeah. us. She never supported us. If anything, we get cease and desist letters from her occasionally when we get too close to her uh, copyrights and trademarks. And um, that's basically the only interaction we get with her. And so... I really like the fandom and the fan art and the music. She has nothing to do with it at all. So that yeah. part of it hasn't really been 
messed up for me, but I really just didn't want to write about her subject matter for a minute. I wanted to work on something else. And so this was a good project for that, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of Quentin being this nice, true uh, plover, but still wanting to love Fillory. Right. And the other cool thing is that uh, as soon as Quentin finds out who Plover really was, he there is no moment of, but he means so much to me. Quentin immediately is like, oh, you, I'm, I'm holding you at arm's length and you are not what you used to be to me and I am yeah. not holding on. Like he, he let go of whatever was inside him that he yeah. had held up for Plover the second yeah. he found out. And I thought, I thought that was really admirable at the time. Like, wow, you, you really just dropped your hero that instant. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah and I, I kind of felt that because J.K. Rowling, there's a reason like I'm doing art and I'm writing and I've been in fandom. It's because of J.K. Rowling. So I was like, I don't want to leave her away, but she's a piece of shit. So <laughs> knowing to learn to dissociate the fandom and the author is a learning process. <laughs> right. Well, the other thing too is that J.K. Rowling, even even if she, the, what she created inspired you to create, she really had no part in you creating. That was all you. That was That's that cool. was your talents and your excitement and you interpreting something that she created into something that she could never make. What we make, she could never do that. She Can you doesn't. be my best friend now? <laughs> <laughs> Aww. I need it to be your dad. Right. Uh. Like she, she creates things that people like yeah. that you, you know... Can't argue yeah. with that, but you and there can are disagree things that with are her. so like um, <laughs> we're we're in a Harry Potter tangents, but hey, that's what it is. Uh, right. That are so like fan included that it, they think it's canon. Like uh, of a puff of a good finder from Star Kid. Yeah, lots of people think it come from the book. Right, it's so many people say that quote <laughs> that they just kind of have it's melded it all together. And honestly, I. I take issue with that. Unfortunately, I'm a Hufflepuff who is a terrible finder. I lose stuff constantly. So, you know, it's fine. I, it's there's okay. a spectrum. There's a Hufflepuff spectrum that exactly. I talk about a lot. And so I am <laughs> I am on a different end of the Hufflepuff spectrum. I, I married one and he's like the other spectrum of you. So it's okay. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I was about to ask you your house, but yeah, you're such a I'm a Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Yeah. yeah. Never really thought I was anything else. How but... about your break bills uh, discipline? So I thought about this for a good long time. Um, I don't think any of the disciplines that are mentioned on the show really fit me. So I've had to kind of take a fan fiction Go ahead uh, or be a hedge as you so, want. Oh, yeah. I mean, hedges, I think, can have disciplines as well. But, oh, I um, think they do, but they just not. They don't call it that. It. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I would either. So I, I'm i somebody who's known for doing a lot of different kinds of things and having a lot of different um things that I, I do well. I do music. I do crafts. Yeah, you even mentioned it. I do I do a lot of different kinds of creative things. Yeah. And so I think I would be either a physical kid who can create and build things. So kind of the opposite where Quentin is fixing things that are broken. I am making things that didn't exist mm-hmm. before and assembling them using physical magic or a healing discipline who can make people happy. So like a mental health cheering sort of healing discipline um and if possible a combination of the two because i really like making stuff that makes people happy so i don't know what that would be um we haven't seen it yet in the series in the series magic is kind of uh murky so you can be both if you want to yeah you know you you can yeah 
it'll, I, I don't know. I feel like, I, I hope that they're at some point, maybe in the comics, if they're still going or whatever we get next, if we get anything from this universe, I hope to see somebody like that possibly yeah. so I can well, find out if in the canon. comics, uh, Hedgewitches and Dracula yes. was like, I'm only about halfway through new class, but I love it so far. <laughs> I couldn't put it down. Right. I was like, and something happened, I think in the second one. Yeah. With one of the characters, and I literally, like, gasped and threw my book on the floor. The cliffhangers are good. Luckily, I waited until the book with all of them came out, because I didn't have to wait between them. That's exactly (laughs) why I did that, too. Yeah. (laughs) I cannot wait between... I mean, it's... I did watch most most of the magicians live, so I handled a lot of the cliffhangers and the year breaks and waiting for the year between life and the day and escape from the happy place where we were like, will they ever mention the mosaic again? And... <laughs> so I was right there with with everybody for that. I just was being quiet about it. <laughs> There's another voice on your album. I hear. I heard an uh, other mu- instrument. Are you playing all the instruments? So I'm not playing all the instruments, and there are okay. some guest voices on there as well. Okay. Um, I so I wrote all the music, um, and I did all of the lead vocals, and then I played all of the acoustic guitar, which is all, like kind of the main instrument that mm-hmm. you hear on most of the tracks. Um, my friend Mike Stein did the piano, which is okay. incredible. He composed it all himself. I really just sent him my acoustic guitar tracks with some really rough practice vocals, and he made a masterpiece, honestly. Um, especially when you listen to Not Gonna Say, I I scream every time I get to the piano solo on that one. <laughs> no. Not gonna say. And then um, that was supposed to be all of it. And then while my friend Jay was mixing and mastering it, he's decided it needed bass. So he played all the bass while he was mixing it. He did a really good job with that. And then there are three other voices in the – uh, in the backing vocals. So my husband, Matt Majacomo, who actually also has a Harry Potter band, the Whomping Willows, um, he nice. is in there. He just was, he happens to live in my house. So I was like, hello, I need, I need a, a man voice. Can you please come here? Yep. <laughs> um, yep. And so he recorded the backing vocals on Escape. And then um, I have a friend who is a rapper and jazz singer. Um, he, he goes by Bay Season. He did some vocals for that song as well. And then uh, my friend Odd, um, actually recorded. I met her through the Magicians fandom and she just mentioned to me like, hey, I sing. Do you need backup vocals? And I was like, yes, I do actually. So she also <laughs> um, also sent me some oh, vocals. Amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, the album is rather Quilliot-centric in this one. Yeah. Um, uh, but with a Quilliot-centric album, what made you decide to write on Julia, Margot, and Alice as an ex-Niffin? So I, I had written two Quelliot songs um, so far. I guess, well, one Quentin song and a Quelliot song from Elliot's perspective. Um, and so I kind of initially thought, okay, am I going to make a whole album that's just them? Or should I include other character perspectives? Um, the reason that I named it Peaches and Plums is because once I had written a kind of assortment, most of them turned out to be Quelliot. Yeah. So I thought that it would it would be suited, well suited for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of wanted those other perspectives in there. First of all, because I love all the characters and I really, I think I would have a hard time, like, unless it was a concept album where there was a, 
a, a point to every song and why it's in there, I wanted a chance to investigate some other perspectives as well. And um, okay. I love, while I think Elliot's probably my favorite character and Quentin's probably the character I relate to most, I love the women on this series yes! so much. So yes! much. All of them. Every single one of them. And so I um, just kind of started writing. I knew I wanted an Alice Niffin song. I knew I wanted a Margot song in there. I wasn't quite sure what it would be, but it, I eventually settled on the hard glossy armor. I'm a king and no less king of I She gets really angry with Lizard Elliot. I love that scene. And um so beautiful. Yeah. Like it's so close to the book. And uh love it. And speaking of the books, I while I was reading The Magician's King, uh, The Magician King, I ended up um kind of falling in love with Julia's story again. And I mm. honestly preferred the book approach yeah. to it. Um, in certain ways. I really like that we didn't wait forever to find out what was happening with Julia on the show. They, they just oh, kind of moved it earlier, but we got so much more of her story and her journey with finding Free Trader Beowulf and all of that stuff she on the book. She's a goddess. Yes. <laughs> so I, that was what solidified it for me. I finished Magician King and I was like, all right, this is going to be the Julia song. It's going to be the way it happens in the books and it's going to kind of follow the whole arc. Um, and um, the the other funny, like, the, I, obviously that's not a funny song. It's definitely the um, the heaviest subject matter on the album for sure. But when I settled on the idea of the title being You Can't Hurt Me, I just keep getting this vision in my head of the season five scene where she's she's catapulting herself at the battery over I'm and over again. Um, I am shaking, won't go back to who I was, I'm heading out, can't wear me down, you will regret you gave me Um, yeah, I felt that even uh, Niffin Alice was really more Niffin Alice from the book. Yeah, that was a, th another one that's very book centric. There are lines I pulled right out of the book for that one. Um, the you know her uh, when Quentin in the I guess on the show they kind of seized on her obsession with bacon as her link to her humanity, and in the books she tries the bacon and she goes, "Okay, what else did I like when I was human?" putting on fresh socks and you like chocolate and you and you like taking baths and so there were all these extra things yeah. that kind of convinced her and so I was like all right we're, we're gonna use all of these <laughs> we're putting all of them in there they're so good um well you so, just yeah. you just said that uh, there are some more that are directly from the book and the show like escape the first lyrics I guess because it's, it's oh, this saved my me alive 
Um, what makes you chose those specific like lines from the show? So I, there definitely, there. I mean, there are so many good lines on this show, and so I definitely wanted to use some of my favorites if they fit. Um, I definitely, like, there were a lot that didn't fit, and so I didn't end up using them, but um, mm-hmm. I also kind of shifted some of them around a little bit um, in uh, the way that I did Not Gonna Say, which is pretty much yeah. just Elliot telling the story of every interaction he has with Quentin in the first two episodes of the show. Yeah, um, it's basically the two episodes of the show. Yeah. Right. I, I kind of shifted some of them around a little bit to work better, um, either it was because of the, the perspective that I was telling it from or whatever it might be. Um, I... I kind of, I mean, I've seen the show so many times now that I have so many of the lines memorized. So yep. I had them kind of right in the forefront of my mind as I was writing and was like, oh, this will fit here. Um, and then as I was reading the books, I took notes and I flagged pages and mm-hmm. just kind of had, I had a lot of, especially for the um, Niffin and You Can't Hurt Me, which are the two most book focused songs. I had like four or five full pages of little bits of quotes just so that I could have them in front of me and not have to keep flipping through and finding them again. Um, yeah. And then I could kind of pull from what I wanted to use and what I didn't. Um, in some cases, actually, this is my favorite thing when this happens, when there are rhymes in the lines that they put on the show, but they're not singing them. So the <laughs> my favorite by far, and I repeat it a million times on the album, so this should be obvious to you when you get there. If I ever get out here, you know that when I'm ready, ever get out of here cue know that when i'm braver it's because i learned it from you there's a rhyme in the the line i had it has to be a song it needed to be a song it's just screaming at me um so there i try to find stuff like that where i want it to fit the way that it like it should work when i use it you know yeah and there's a different tonality and words depending of each character like uh, quentin is more melancholic and uh Elliot is a bit more upbeat, even when you're sad, mm-hmm. and Julia is just fucking angry. Um, so, did you try to basically tap into what they're they're feeling, or or more like how do you see them? It's a little bit of both, honestly. When I choose character perspectives in general, it's usually because I relate to them on some mm-hmm. level, whether it's something that has happened to me or something that I resonate deeply with for whatever reason. Um, that's, you know, that's, I think, why Escape hits so hard because it Ugh. is, it's a song about Quentin, but it's really a song about me. And so... I had a question about that. Yeah, <laughs> I I definitely, it's not hard for me to put myself into these perspectives because I relate to them so heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, I'm like channeling something like Niff and Alice. <laughs> um, she's just so both in the books and on the show is so well defined and so brilliantly performed. And so I just I get I go to a place mm-hmm. when I sing that song and I even start to adopt like a slightly different voice. And like you said, the tonality changes. Um, so in some cases, it's just me having fun being an actor. And some sometimes it's just this is a part of me that the show put into words that no one else has, no one else has really represented me in that way before. And that's, I think why I love this show so much is just, I, I have felt so seen watching the show and reading the books. And so it was kind of a natural fit for me to write about it and to write from these characters perspectives. It just, it, 
it but there really... was something special with escape happening where it started with Q telling us when you grow up you don't have to give up but at the end it feels like it's Lauren telling us that From like Quentin telling his story and Lauren basically telling to the listener, "Don't stop being nerds, get nerds," you know? <laughs> right. Well, it's actually kind of funny. It's That's an Alice beautiful. line. Yeah. So that that is a line that Alice tells Quentin in the drowned garden scene, the version that's on the show, um, and. So I immediately – yeah, she tells him that when he's trying to channel his love for Fillory. And so that seemed like a good kind of place to tie up that song. It's yeah. just you have to – you have to go with the stuff that makes you happy and you have to let it let it be a part of your life, whatever that means. So many people lose that stuff when they get older and – I, I mean, I am the prime example of why you shouldn't do that. Um, I have spent my adult life traveling the world and meeting people I never would have been able to meet and getting opportunities to perform places and writing music I never would have even tried to write if I hadn't let myself just love what I love unapologetically unapolog- and let myself be enthusiastic when other people yeah, my age don't do that. There's a, a, a false sense of when you grow up, you cannot be a nerd, you cannot have stuffed animals, you cannot do Comic-Con. I fell into that that hole until I met my husband and my husband was like, you're a nerd, stop it. And I was like, okay. I love that. <laughs> uh, you I need think... someone to tell you it's okay. You yeah, know, exactly. so I was doing that. Everybody who's listening to the song, this is me telling you, it is okay well, to like stuff. Like, yeah, it really felt like uh, when I uh, the first time I hear it, I was like tearing up because it really felt at, at the end it was lo- you saying like stamp of approval, you're a nerd and it's okay. Right. But it wasn't Q saying that; it was you. And I like this kind of blending at the end. It's uh, you 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 know that you feel those lyrics. Aw, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I did put a lot of heart into it. I've just been kind of sitting with this with these songs for the last like, several months and also the last year, depending on which one you mean. But like. I just this this show has done so many things to my emotions, and I needed to put them somewhere constructive. <laughs> <laughs> Let's reblog your post about your album. Oh my gosh, twice! Ultimate of appro- <laughs> approval. Yeah, that that I cried when I saw the first one, mm-hmm. and then later, after working a nineteen-hour day, just kind of posting about the album all day on release day. I got out of my YouTube live and saw that he had started a whole thread expressly with the purpose of promoting my album and also Evelyn's animatic about Nif and Alice. And it's also great because they did the album artwork for yeah, Evelyn, who, uh, the artists in the, uh, yeah. she, they are amazing. They um, live, I'm doing uh, the magician D&D book. That's and right. I, and uh, Evelyn is the artist, in fact. And Lev gave to that the money to help me do the, that book. And the idea that, like, you see art... Like, we were seeing how G.K. Rowling, what she does is give you, like, cease and assist. Meanwhile, Lev is like, please continue, I love you. And <laughs> But I love that. Yeah, I read this whole thread about your album, and I was like, this is, like, this is 
amazing that an author give you the freedom to do that. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I also know, at least from Lev being at LeakyCon, he's also posted about Wizard Rock in general. He's, he's posted <laughs> about Wizard Rock music that he likes. So I knew that he knew this was happening, at least with Harry Potter fandom. And mm-hmm. I, my hope was that he would see that I was doing it and be excited that I was writing some songs about his series. And I'm not the first person to do that either. Um, Perry Grip did a song about the magician. Yeah. Um, so there, I'm not the first to do it, but also I was hoping it would make him happy. And it did so since harry potter as a wizard rock how do we call the magician one oh gosh i i mean as soon as people started writing especially when wizard rock bands started writing songs about other things it, yeah. it it became a trend to figure out what is the name of this genre and i really just i just don't do that really <laughs> wizard rock is a whole has a whole community around it i think once yeah. you have a community around something maybe you can come up with a name for it but i don't know i I've written so many different songs about so many different fandoms, books, TV shows, you name it. Um, if I try to come up with a name for everything, it would just confuse people, I think. <laughs> Are you ready for some listener questions? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Sam on Twitter want to know, what's your favorite color animal and do you have any pets? Ooh, my favorite color is green. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite animal is probably a manatee. I've loved manatees ever since I was That's a, a good kid. Good answer. Yeah. I actually, before we had a Patronus quiz, like an official Patronus <laughs> quiz, I'd yeah. always say that a manatee was my Patronus. Because I'd be so like this good. little smiley person and just go, expect a Patronum. And then this giant like sea cow comes out of my wand <laughs> and, it, and chases you. In my heart, that's what your Patronus is. Aw. I ended up with an aardvark actually, which is another oh. one of my favorite animals. So I'm okay I got a dolphin. That. Oh, cool. Well, that's actually kind of close to a manatee as far as Patronuses go. Yeah, that's Um, true. (laughs) Though they are closer to elephants, I believe, as far as the animal kingdom goes. Right? It's like swimming elephant without a trunk. This, I... I, Right? So cool, right? I love manatees. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then what was the last question? Oh, cow pets. Yeah, I have a cat named Samwise Gamgee. Oh, nice. Yes, he's very fluffy and orange and white, and he's super snuggly and terrified of my four-year-old child, so we don't see him very much until the end of the day when the kid goes to sleep, and then he just (laughs) pops himself right in my lap, and it's just like, you're mine now, and you're not moving. Yep. Um, Sam on Twitter also want to know, what's your other fandom do you enjoy, other than Harry Potter, because you're not too (laughs) like Harry Potter, but what are your other fandoms? Yeah, um, so Avatar The Last Airbender, really mm-hmm. into that entire universe, um, Korra, all that stuff. And then um, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is another okay. one, really into the Buffyverse and Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, I love John Green books, oh, and I'm yes. a nerd fighter as well, so I feel like I would Your count hair. that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, yeah. Those are kind of the three off the top of my head. Um, but I do tend to get very excited about like one specific thing at any given time. And right now that's the magicians for sure. Uh, I do like a lot of things. So I watch a lot of TV, read a lot of books. Um, but yeah, those are kind of the, the winners the at the moment. One. Yeah. <laughs> um, and on Facebook, want to know, uh, what's your favorite slide character, book or show? Ooh... Hmm. Oh, I'm going to go with a book one for this, um, Asmodeus from the book. I actually was going to write an Asmo song and then didn't, and I I was happy with the way the album was and I was like, okay, it doesn't need more, maybe maybe next time. 
We'll get an Asmo song in there. The fox hunting, fox well, hunting song. Uh, <laughs> Vladimir on, on on Facebook wanted to know if you will be um, doing a song about Katie. Will you consider that? So Asmo is the inspiration for Katie. So I like that. <laughs> right? Yeah. I I feel like I probably could swing a Katie Asmo song. Something that would kind of apply to both of them. Yeah. Um, they're they're. I mean. Yeah, I was very excited when um, I got to because I watched the show first. I got to the books and I and I reached Asmo and saw the way that she had been described, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is totally Katie!" <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. Um, Jazzy, wanna uh, wanna know if you uh, plan to make another magician album with character that you didn't explore? I definitely would like to do that at some point. Um, a lot of times, what allows me to do that is either I really just want to. If I ha if I get to a point where I have enough ideas that I want to come out with a whole album, um, I might do that. Um, it, the other thing that would help too is if like this album does super well and there's there's a demand for more. Um, that would definitely push me Believe to do me, it. There is all the question I got was ask if she's gonna make another one because this one is so good oh that makes me so happy yeah there's so many more characters too that I hadn't gotten a chance to investigate yet and so there yeah I would love to do another one um yeah if people want it and people are demanding it then I, I mean I run especially right now because I you know this is kind of where I get all of my social interaction if if a lot of people are excited about it it's going to make me want to create more because then I'll have more things to give people so that I don't have to start conversations <laughs> Um, and on Facebook, wanted to know if you thought about writing a song related to Quentin's death or any event after season four. So that is a good question. Um, <laughs> for a long time, I was just like, we're not acknowledging any of this. And then honestly, there are some things, some like individual parts of season five that I did enjoy. I liked mm -hmm. the time loop stuff with Elliot Um, and so I don't know, the body swap was kind of hilarious. I was waiting for that to happen for a good long time. So yeah, I mean, I, part of me feels like there may not need to be a whole lot more media based around the way things happened on the show because they mm -hmm. chose to do it that way. Um, I kind of feel a responsibility as a fan who wanted something else to happen to make okay. that happen myself. <laughs> um, so even though I, in, so in some ways, you know, some people will write fix it fanfics where they say, Oh, here's what I thought should have happened. And I like reading those and I tend to kind of go backwards. I'm like, okay, well, what, what about what we had for a long time before it divided people mm -hmm. did I like? And let's play more in there. Let's give that more time. Let's, let's spend more time on um, the mosaic and spend more time on Elliot's development around deciding that he wants to be braver. Like what would he have done if he had another chance? And all of that stuff um, is honestly more exciting to me right now, but I, I wouldn't rule it out as something I would do. Um, yeah, no, I just don't know what I would bring to it. I don't know what I, what I would, what approach I would have that would improve on what was there already or mm. would, Um, would make it worth listening to. I think I, I, a lot of times I want to have something to say with what I'm creating or have give make people feel a certain way. Um, yeah, your uh, proof of concept, I didn't expect the ending. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> that's about the closest I got. That's about the closest I got to... Uh, To referencing everything that but, happened, but um, it, it, it referenced it without it because it basically, it's basically why Quentin fight the yeah. whole season four, and yeah, yeah, for sure. 
it's uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and I switched it to the minor chord on there, so it yeah. sounds a little more ominous too. Uh. And yeah, I, <laughs> I in general like when I made this album, I wanted to kind of heal the whole that I think that finale the season four finale specifically left in the fandom Mm -hmm. I wanted to give people the opportunity to feel the emotions that they were feeling around that and um so I that's kind of why I ended it where I did and why I didn't go further into what actually happened Mm -hmm. um like let people have their emotions and let people feel however it is that they're feeling even if all they want to do is go back and watch life in the day over and over again which I did it's fine for a little while and so like there are songs that will allow you to be in that mindset and to remember what that felt like to remember what it feels like to watch a queer love story that's largely it it just there's a lack of danger they're, yeah. They aren't constantly fighting for their lives. They can just be together and they can just ha- tell a story and they can just be around each other and it can be boring and it can be mundane and it can still be beautiful and realistic and like, oh gosh, the way I felt when I first saw that episode. And then a year later when we saw that Elliot was regretting the way he'd reacted and mm-hmm. knowing that he hadn't left that either. He was still thinking about that moment a year yeah. later, just like all of us. And it like it just I don't know I I want to go back to that feeling so badly because that was that was a breaking point for me in yeah. my just in my life in general everything stopped when yep. I realized that that was that was where the show was going and it's that why also you decided not to put Ariel just to I like more Quentin and Elliot yeah I mean my focus was definitely on Quentin and Elliot here um but I could do some stuff that. And maybe I'll do a whole mosaic album. Well, then that would probably have to be called Peaches and Plums, and I've already used that title now. But I don't know. Yeah, I feel like, like I if should. you need if you need help for Ariel and Finn, I'm there. Yeah, I'm your girl. I don't. I, I mean, I like both of them. So <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing that I do like. That another thing I like about this show is that there are so many good side characters that were given, I think, more than they initially had bargained for. But there yeah. are also side characters that we like never saw again that I wanted more of. Like, what happened to Harriet? Um, uh-huh. Yeah, her and Zelda were gonna uh, we're gonna like be a family, and then we didn't see her. And yeah, so yeah. I don't know. There's like what happened to the Iron McAllister. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure I want to know, but anyway. No, I was going to say, I don't really care as, about, as much about her, but well, I just yeah. want to know that she's not doing something wrong. That's all I right. want to know. <laughs> right. I don't care about her, but... Leave the fairies alone. Exactly. <laughs> Leave break bills alone. Yep. <laughs> but also, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> For a lot of people, probably I'm not alone in this... Um, this whole fandom has definitely given me something else to concentrate on for a yep. little while, but I am for sure not using it as a way to block out what's happening. It just gives me a break from it. I think it's really important when, you know, when there's just so much going on in the world that you have something that you can retreat into as long as you don't forget about everything else. Well, yeah, I think uh, Contents uh, says that in Escape, how uh, when things go bad, it goes to the, to the book. So, uh, right. something about the spine or something like that and I was like oh, this is so me yeah. shut up Lauren is seeing me oh no yeah. if you don't have something that picks you up you're never gonna get off the floor yeah my um, problem is it was Harry Potter Mm-mm. yeah but I mean I 
for a long time, that was the only thing that I had. And then I started, you know, just you kind of taking, right, people would recommend things. Um, I read so much after Harry Potter ended because all of my friends who were having the same problem were like, oh, here, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Try this one. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so the same thing's happening with the magicians now, so. And fan fiction also yeah. has been keeping oh, yeah. going for a good long time. Oh, yeah. And we have uh, still artists that are right now like doing big bangs and they're like a uh, whole like 50k stories that are releasing. So it's just amazing. Yeah. It's, I, I definitely had that moment when I heard that The Magicians was canceled where I thought, oh gosh, I hope this fandom doesn't just disappear. Me too. And I I mean, I know from Harry Potter that that doesn't always happen, that um, you know, we kept it going for a really long time just in Wizard Rock and at conventions. and. Um, but it's smaller. It, but then, well, you were at LeakyCon Dallas. That was a huge convention. No, so. I mean Harry Potter. Uh, not Harry Potter. Uh, the the magician. magician is way uh, smaller. And that's what I was scared of. Right. So it's, you're like, no, that's ours. I mean, you also, the other thing too that I know that I learned from Harry Potter that I'm seeing happen in the magicians now is that people leave for good mm-hmm. reasons. Like if this is not fulfilling you anymore, you can go, like you don't need to continue to remind yourself that. Um, find something else that makes you happier. and um, But then new people come in. So lots yes. of people have started watching The Magicians on Netflix. They are learning, oh, wait, that ended? I've got to go and watch it now. I've been meaning to watch it for years and just never – like I keep forgetting. So n- yeah. new people are coming in. Um, a lot of my favorite fanfic writers just started maybe a year ago. Wow. Um, and so it's – yeah, it's just um, – you know, it, you it, just because people – it's not the same people doesn't mean that it's mm-hmm. – bigger or smaller or better or worse and it's just it is what it is and there's something you fun uh, watching someone new coming and like either like tweeting or on tumblr and you see like the the high and up and they're what and they're oh my god and, and i'm like oh sweet summer child yeah <laughs> i was there yeah. once yes. there was someone saying um oh my god uh alice is so reckless she's gonna become a niffin i call it and i'm like hey yep <laughs> Um, so the last thing before we leave is doing a Lectio Divina. We do that in um, our podcast, which is usually take a sentence out of the show and explore it, seeing what we can grow from it. How can we become, become a better person? And I randomized uh, the, the, the situation with my husband. So I told him to give me um, uh, the number of, a, of a, one of your... Uh, one of your um, song sorry the number of one of your songs and to just scroll at random and where it landed that's the the, the song the the lyrics we're gonna explore together okay interesting <laughs> um so uh lectio divina just quickly it's a monastic practice made by monks that has been adapted from uh, for the layman like us by harry potter in the secret text podcast and basically, Ooh. there's four four steps. First is what is literally happening while we're reading this. Second is the allegory, a story it makes you think of. Third step is uh, what it reminds you in your life. And fourth step is what do you feel called for? So this led us to wild things in the past. And it's sometimes it's just from one word in the... So it's a fun fact. So the random sentence my husband picked is from the third uh, the third song you can't hurt me and it's and magic came looking for me oh what a good one for it to randomly stumble on right i was
was like, oh my God, this is gold. <laughs> I was going to say, oh no, what are we, we did, I, I thought it was going to be like, pick the one that's the most poignant to you, but it was just like a random one. Oh dear. Yeah. Like um, that, that's what we do. Cause uh, that's the beauty of it is you can pick anything and right. make it. So what is that's literally so cool. happening in that moment? Um, well, that, that particular one from the book, um, Julia had pretty much decided, you know, wait, I, wait I'm, this is not healthy for me. I'm giving this up. I'm going back home to my family. And then she started kind of finding all these clues and just stumbled on a safe house out of nowhere and not even realizing that her online friend group she'd made were magicians. And they like she kind of feels like as soon as she decided to keep it out of her life, it came mm-hmm. looking for her. Mm-hmm. Um, people always say that, you know, that, you know, as soon as you stop looking for something, that's when it's yep. going to show up. Um, and so that was kind of, that made a lot of sense to me that, yeah, she she worked so hard to find it. And then as soon as she let it go, yeah, it was back <laughs> in her life. Um, and I guess on the show, we never really – she never really left it. I think she, she recovered. tried, but she met Richard. Right. Well, she like recovered. Yeah, she kind of rec- we we missed that part of her story yeah. on the show. I think she she went from her fight with Marina to Free Trader Beowulf pretty yeah, fast. Yeah, it was like <laughs> half an episode. Yes. <laughs> um, whereas there was a lot more. Like there were years that went by in yeah. um, in the books, and so she yeah she went through a lot. So an allegory, what it makes you remind, it reminds you like in another story, something else. So magic came looking for me. Hmm. I mean, as soon as you said it, I thought about the, the next question. How does it relate to my life? So I'm trying to think about like another. Like uh, for me, um, I'm going to go with Harry Potter. I don't have a choice. Yeah. But it's uh, <laughs> when... Um, when Ron found, got the 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 deluminator, um, and um, f- uh, followed the light, found them back, and Ron said, "Oh, Dumbledore always knew I would leave," and Harry said, "No, he always knew that we would come back." Oh. And I think that like this magic, I don't know, makes me think of that. Yeah, um, or even just. Um... Like, because this is who we are, I guess we're doing Harry Potter connections. I mean, yeah. It makes sense because the magicians is, you know, heavily based on at least Lev's um, imaginings around Harry Potter and mm-hmm. how it could have been different. Um, but, uh, you know, when Harry's getting all these letters in the mail and his family keeps trying to hide them and then they get up and they get in the car and they're driving all over the place and Vernon's like driving in one direction and turning around and going back in the other direction and they're running into the woods and they're turning around and they're getting back in the car and, and um, Hagrid just like bashes down Literally the door and is just like, him, all yeah. right, we're stopping this now. <laughs> um, that just, you know, Harry didn't even know mm-hmm. that this is a part of his life, but everyone else did and yeah. um, it found him eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, so the third step is what it reminds you in your life. You said that uh, it came to you, so go ahead. Yeah, I mean, when I, we, especially being now very active in two different fandoms that are heavily based on magic, I'm very familiar with the idea that 
there is something magical about finding something that you mm-hmm. see yourself reflected in, finding something that connects you to other people. Um, you know, whether or not you believe in real, true, literal magic, there is mm-hmm. something magical about what these stories have brought us outside of just a story we like. Yeah. Um, and so I think about how when I was younger, I definitely, I, you know, I struggled with depression my entire life. Um, I've definitely, you know, I've, I've had trouble relating to other people, had trouble making friends that I felt like wanted to be around me. A lot of that is my anxiety about, you know, yeah, if people aren't reminding me that they like me, I just assume that they hate me. It's just what my brain does. And, um, And then at some point in my life, I realized I don't have to spend time with the people that make me feel like this. I can find people who understand me for who I am, who like the Mm -hmm. things I like and aren't going to make fun of me because I'm a little more excited about it than they are. And so the Harry Potter fandom and now again with the Magicians fandom has introduced me to people that have made me feel like I can be who I am and I can like the things I want to like and I can do the things I want to do. And it doesn't like if there are people who disagree with that or who have a problem with it, they don't need to be a part of my life. It's just, Mm -hmm. it was a realization that I think changed everything for me. And so the fact that I keep now, I've now twice found another fandom (laughs) that brought me what I needed and the people that I needed, I think is really special, really magical. Yeah. Um, For I mean, I still have, you know, tons and tons and tons of friends in my life that I've met through the Harry Potter fandom over the last 15, 16 years. And at some, but at some point I realized I needed something different in addition to that and the magicians brought it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, you know, how great is it? <laughs> yeah, Especially when gift. we started really questioning, you know, even a few years ago, really questioning some of the things about J.K. Rowling's work that we were critical of and wondering what did she intend to include things that are hateful in her series and then finding the out that is she yes. did the whole time um, the answer is yes yes and uh, so that you know I especially wanted to find something other than Harry Potter for a little while that could make mm-hmm. me feel that way and it just the fact that it came it came looking for me it really did yeah. um and I let it I think you have to let it you I think you have to recognize when things like that are knocking on your door so that you can let them you know, yeah. let them in because yeah. if you if you run from them, if you refuse to answer, they're not going to change you and affect you and and help you in the way that they could. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. For me, it reminds me of that. But uh, I'm gonna go another way because what you said was just so beautiful. Oh. Um, that uh, when I started the D and D project, the third edition, I'm at the third edition right now. Am I? Yeah, third edition. I posted that I needed help financially just to like create and print it. And uh, COVID happened. Yeah. So I was like, hey, I'm not going to ask people for money. I feel yeah. like shit. Oh. And um, so I kind of kind of gave up into promoting the book. And someone at the end said, oh, you're not going to make your, your, your goal. And I'm like, yeah, but it's okay. Like I cannot ask people. And someone was like, yeah, ask me, please. <laughs> and and I and instead of going the the two thousand dollar I asked I ended up with five, which made wow. me be able to like hire uh, hire Evelyn as an artist who literally has over a hundred uh, image now, and I I hired uh, another person to help me create like the uh, monster book. Uh, I call it the monster book of monster, but that's just in my head. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it's just that, like, I, I, I didn't believe in myself and the fandom told me, no, believe in yourself, please. And this fandom did that a lot for me. It, over and over, it reminds me of my own magic. And I just, I fucking love this fandom. And <laughs> yeah. Love that. Yeah. The, I mean, the other thing too, I struggled with a lot of that. And even though I, you know, a lot of it was just, you know, I feel bad posting something I've created that has a happy vibe right now with the way that my timeline is. <laughs> like, look, everything else on the timeline is just doom, doom. Oh, and it's like that. That's doom. What, that's and why then, I'm listening to your album. Like, it's like, something exactly. Um, and then someone said to me, we need you right now. You can, yes. like, there are days for sure where I'm like, I'm not posting anything today. This is yeah. the world. Like, I cannot be like at, at all covering up anything that's happening. I need people to be able to see information and not have it like scroll past before they can find out important stuff that's happening in the world. Yeah. Um, but after, you know, it, it had been a month or two of this and it wasn't letting up. I, people, you know, people kept telling me like, where are you? I need you. You yeah. always make me happy and you always cheer me up when I need you. And where's, where, but you've just kind of disappeared and <laughs> are you okay? And you know, that, so it kind of be creating and also sharing what I was creating yeah. became a way that I can help. You know, mm -hmm. there are obviously, there are lots of ways to help right now. It is not the only way that I am helping, but it is a way that I am helping. And um, I, yeah, at some point, I realized that this is something – if you can create something that can make people smile, that's so important right now. Sometimes it's even more important than it was before. Yeah, there is like this whole theory in art that uh, after the Great Depression and the Two World War, that's where the art was the most blossoming because people needed that. And I think we're in this moment where we need art to – we need art to be remember of what matters, but also to like sing about books and cry about peaches and plum and it's okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we need both. Oh. And denying one doesn't make the other less important or more important, in I, my opinion. Yeah. Wow, I agree with that. <laughs> so last, uh, last steps is what do we feel called for? I will say make more magic. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and that and like let the magic in. If the yeah. magic is trying to find you, stop for a second and listen oh, for it. And, you know, yeah. like, because sometimes it. you'll miss stuff like that. Sometimes you'll yeah. miss the stuff that's trying to make its way into your life that could make you happier. And you got to you gotta let yourself have it. You mm -hmm. can't, you know, you can't convince yourself that you don't deserve it. You got to, sometimes you got to let yourself have it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was it. Thank you so much for um, this interview. That was, I, I, I could literally talk to you for hours um <laughs> same i mean the fact that you immediately went to harry potter and just right back to the magicians again is very much my vibe less so these days but it was a joy to get to remember <laughs> what harry potter brought me that wasn't jk rowling yeah <laughs> <laughs> If anyone's wondering what we're talking about, J.K. Rowling has said some things that are not so good, and I disagree with them wholeheartedly. Yeah, and just publish a transphobic book and try to say not transphobic, and I have a trans husband, so believe me, in this house, she's a plover. Yeah, for sure. Well, as soon as I write that, as I finish writing that song, I will send it to you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if you need help for the second album, because I'm telling you, there's people out there that want it already. So. Oh, yay! <laughs> that makes me happy. <laughs> oh, 
and well, yeah, if you want to listen to Peaches and Plums, um, you yes. can find it on pretty much all streaming services. I definitely submitted it to all streaming services. If they, if it isn't up yet, it should be soon. If if there you find one where it's it's missing, sometimes they get stuck. But Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, um, I think YouTube Music has it now. Um, the and then people because there are so many ways to find the album. People ask, well, Lauren, what did you prefer? What what is the best way for you? Yes. Um, and that is actually Bandcamp. Bandcamp gives me any money that I earn right away, whereas the other streaming services take three months to get to me. So oh, fun, 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 fun facts. Um, and you can find it on laurenfairweather.bandcamp.com, and it's right up at the top because um, it's my newest album. And it's gonna be in the show notes in sparkles for everyone to listen i had it for like three four days and that's the only thing i've been listening for oh yay that makes me so happy (laughs) i really i truly did not know what the response would be to this (laughs) i uh, I haven't released anything really like it so well like i said uh on my hand when i just said like hey i'm interviewing lauren you want question everyone was like oh my god this is so good please tell her i love her oh i love you all too (laughs) come talk to me on the internet i'm a little bit lonely right now (laughs) let's be lonely together yes (laughs) can you tell i've got a painful crush on you but i'm not gonna say because my heart is gonna break not gonna say because you'd say no there's something there except you're probably straight i might be falling for you but i'm not gonna say